Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. As always, I want to say thank you so much for making your way here, checking out our episodes uh, all the time. Uh, whether this is your first time or you're a returning customer, we do put out brand new interviews three times a week, one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, and we make it easy for you because you can get it literally anywhere. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Podchaser, anywhere that you get your podcast from, uh, that's where you can find us. I'm Kyle Meredith. So this week and for the next few weeks, in fact, uh, best of 2020, it's going to be some very special episodes. We're going to be revisiting some of uh, uh, my favorite interviews from the year, some of the most popular interviews from the year. In this episode, you're going to hear from the likes of Buzz Osborne, Sparks, King Cruel, uh, Paul Banks from Interpol, Ed O'Brien from Radiohead, 
and Mr. Stephen Malcolmus. In fact, uh, we're going to start with Stephen Malcolmus. Uh, this was the second or third time, I think, that Stephen and I had spoken. Uh, of course, I grew up, um, you know, uh, as a teen in the 90s. I was a very big Pavement fan, was always happy to see them get back together. I followed Malcolmus through all of his uh, solo ventures with the Jicks. Uh, I keep up. I'm a fan. That's what I'm trying to say. So getting to talk with someone like Stephen Malcolmus, is, it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal every time. I do remember that the last time that we spoke, I think that he was on a speakerphone at uh, his record label base. So it was just, it, that's a weird way to have a conversation. You know, that's a weird way. It's just this roomy, echoey thing. When you're trying to make a connection over the phone with someone, that's difficult anyway. But but luckily this time it was different. And I think I found him in a good mood because we got to joke around a whole lot uh, about uh, generational bickering. I thought he'd be kind of fun, you know, to discuss that with, especially right before we did the interview. There was a lot going on. Uh, about, um, you know, Gen Z and the millennials calling out each other in Gen X and the boomers, of course, that was all in there. So as a as a statesman of Gen X, I thought that would be fun to get into it. And it, it, kind of with that in mind, that's that's where we start this part of the conversation, because um, here you have a guy that you might not think that he would be a Zeppelin fan, but uh, turns out Malcolmus is a Zeppelin fan and he had just been on Twitter and he ranked some Zeppelin songs from the uh, Zeppelin 4 record. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into this. With Best of 2020, here's uh, Steve Amalcomus. First off, with your tweet, where you were, it was just a random night, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and going back to the story, you decided to put the headphones on and you ranked every song in, in your yeah. preference on Zeppelin 4, and <laughs> yeah. Rolling Stone picked up that one tweet and sort of that took you ridiculous. to task for it. Yeah, that was. I understand everyone. It really comes down to the When the Levy Break song, which... You know, on Apple headphones, it's at the end of the album. It just sounds a bit... I know the famous loops from Beastie Boys and the drum. You know, I haven't really listened to that album all the way through, maybe even in my whole life, even though I know all those songs. Yeah. You know, except for... I don't really know Four Sticks very well, but every other song, you know, I totally know um, exactly what's going to happen in them just from existing on this planet. And <laughs> so, yeah, when I was listening to it, I considered it fresh ears and a relatively, you know, with a, a little bit of bias against ham and egg blues, no matter how well it's produced. <laughs> um, or, um, so that's why I didn't. And everybody apparently loves this Lemon Levy Break song. And so I'm definitely ratioed on that, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mind, but... Uh, you know, I was really the first song that I put on there is, is one called Misty Mountain Hop. And it, it uh, anyone who knows my style of music would understand why I, you know, I like that is in something that I would like to play myself, you know. Um, whereas when the levee breaks, I can see it on the set list after three years of touring and just being like, okay, let's like autopilot. Let's just do one levee. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like thinking of the hotel room and the groupies and stuff like while I'm playing it. Um, (laughs) Whereas with Misty Mountain Hop and getting pumped by the strange melody and the I can't wait for that fill by Bonham at the very end, you know, that's just going to make me um, lose it. So... (laughs) Is all the it seems like there's more generational bickering right now than ever. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, my daughter says it a lot, so I sometimes or she doesn't say it a lot, but she uh, she uh, calls us on things sometimes. And I'm not even a boomer, but you know, yeah. it doesn't mean you can't exhibit boomer characteristics if you're not one. You know, like she she's or like the funny version of it. Where I mean, 
obviously it's overdone and all that. Don't don't get me wrong <laughs> um, for it to be so popular. But yeah, I mean, there's been some obviously with the coronavirus. There's been some uh, re- recrimination from uh, some places I've seen. You know, where almost again it feels like these younger people who hypothetically aren't really getting particularly sick from it, even though we're not saying that, mm-hmm. and some of them do, mm-hmm. are having to pay the uh, pay the bill again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, to say, I, I mean, it's people have said that and got shot down on the Internet, you know, for mm-hmm. saying that. You know, like, we're all in this together, and people get sick. Everyone gets sick, and you're a fascist or something for saying that. But there's, like, it's kind of... Uh, Again, what it's not like the boomers caused uh, <laughs> Corona. I'm not saying that. Right, so, right, right. But I'm just saying we're they're far and away going to be the ones that are affected by this. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that's a, just another side I've seen of that. But uh, where else you see it? It's uh, in many places. Um, the stock market bailout could be considered one too and just in the specific corona times which is absolutely insane (laughs) (laughs) Stephen malcolm is there obviously uh i I guess i should don't need to treat this as uh as if you were listening live on the radio and you just tuned in you're in a podcast you're in the middle of it either way about it i'm kyle meredith i'm still kyle meredith uh next i want to hit uh radiohead's ed o'brien on this best of 2020 edition uh, this is his first solo record. In fact, Ed O'Brien, he, uh, without me checking, is he? He's one of the last, at least one of the last Radiohead folks uh, to do solo music, uh, to do music outside of the band. And so he released EOB. That's what Ed O'Brien. He released it under EOB earlier this year, and uh, it's amazing. It's it's one of my favorite things, one of my favorite pieces of music that's been done outside of Radiohead by any of the band members. Now, a couple quick things to say before uh, we hit the uh, the clip from this one. There have been times throughout my life where I have been mistaken as Ed O'Brien, and I will say it's been done by someone who's drunk most of the time. Uh, I don't, I'm not sitting here telling you that I think I look like Ed O'Brien. I am a white guy with a face, and he is a white guy with a face, and I think we both have long faces and we're sort of tall. And um, anyway, even once by my wife, who was not drunk, when she went by the TV and I had it paused on an interview that he was on, she thought I was sitting next to Tom York. So there's some credibility to that. It was kind of fun meeting him. We took a picture together, and when we're standing next to each other, it turns out we don't look anything alike. So I'm not really sure what that says about my wife or how she sees me. Second of all, this was in New York. Uh, I'd gone up to New York, met him in one of the studios up there. So it was a face-to-face interview uh, with a legend of one of my, again, all-time favorite artists. And I believe this would have been the last trip that I took in 2020. It was uh, uh, right after this. That's when uh, the pandemic uh, hit the United States. Uh, Lockdown went ahead and uh, Ed O'Brien did make it home and then reported that he had actually uh, had COVID-19. He had got the coronavirus at some point. So just some interesting context as you head into this. I don't think that means anything to what we're talking about, obviously, here, but uh, interesting stuff nonetheless. Uh, Here's Ed O'Brien. The way you talk about the record, the word joy comes up a lot. Right. You know, um, and celebrations. Mm -hmm. um, But calling it Earth. And taking the the sort of pale blue dot side away for a second, mm-hmm. calling it Earth in 2020, seems like that's probably trying to say much more. Like the fact that you can get a lot of optimism mm. within the songs, you know, and, and I'll, I'll point to a few other things as it traces back to Brazil. When I think of Brazil right now, yeah. you know, I'm not thinking of the good parts. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
how much, I mean, you've, Radiohead has a long history, you know, uh, Idiotech comes to mind, you know, when we talk about environmental songs, how much of the light is trying to shine on that part of the conversation as well? I felt it was really important because we are living in a very dark, we're in a dark moment, I think, and it's very challenging environmentally, politically, all this stuff that's happening technologically. It's a very, very, very challenging time. But I felt it was important to acknowledge that, but not leave it in darkness. And my music, because it's not how I feel about it. I feel, listen, the, 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 this planet that we live on is so beautiful. It's so extraordinarily beautiful. And I've had the good fortune of knowing an astronaut, Mike Massimino. And astronauts talk a lot about this, the overview effect. They leave, they go into orbit, and they look down upon the planet. This is a, this is a jewel we live on. And we've taken this thing for granted. And, you know, many, many cultures and indigenous peoples have understood, really understood about this planet and, and, and our connection to it. And since the Industrial Revolution, we've lost our connection with it because we live in, you know, and I look out the window and we've got very beautiful buildings here in New York City. But everywhere we look, it's all evidence of humanity's ability to, to build extraordinary things. And it is extraordinary, but it's out of kilter now. And we've forgotten. We've forgotten that we are of this planet and we're connected with the planet and we're connected with one another. And for me, I feel happiest when I remember that when I'm with people that I'm connected. So whether it's at festivals like Glastonbury or whether it's watching a movie like the Hubble NASA movie or whether it's watching a film like Interstellar or something that the, the, the preciousness of, of, yeah, of being able to walk this planet. Now, of course, I understand I, you know, I got the golden ticket, you know, and I really do. But I think that we're living in a time of, this is a massive moment in humanity's history. And we, I feel very, very strongly that we need to remember, we need to get back to that connection. And that's the way that we heal all of this. That's, that's because it's out of, it's out of sync. And also I think the lives that most people live are so incredibly hard. And that comes from a disconnection. That's, that comes and it's not their fault. It's about the system being, you know, we're talking, I was talking yesterday about with Carly from my management and we were talking about mortgages and she's, you know, and people, and you know, she's the age when people are starting to buy their own mortgage and stuff like that. And, you know, things like, you know, buying your house and stuff like that is, can be an amazing thing. However, if it gets you into so much debt that you do a job that you hate your boss, that you hate your people around you, or you don't, you, you feel, and you have to do it and it slowly kills you. I mean, this is kind of the story of the West, right? This is the thing that's being reevaluated re right now. And I think younger generations, certainly in Britain, don't have the opportunity to buy so houses. So this kind of thing. So what am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say here is that I didn't want to make a record that was, you know, oh, it's all going to be great. It's all going to be fine because that's not the truth. I didn't want to make a record that goes, it's all crap. It's all shit. This is that because that's not the truth. The truth is there's darkness and there's light. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to do was really look about, about the light and... And, and for me, like, you know, the news, the news that we're fed is, is all darkness. There's no news about like how good we are to one another, but every day, you know, our experiences or my experience, and I'm sure lots of people, the kindness of someone being kind, the someone being thoughtful, these are the things that are also as important as the crap that we're being fed about how awful we are to one another, but we never, a light has never shone on that. So 
for me, it felt like it felt very important to the making of the record that there had to be joy and there had to be hope because we have the potential to be extraordinary. You know, there are times when we all come and and come equally so we have the potential to be completely destructive. And, you know, you've you're witnessing it in your country. We're witnessing it in my country. Mm. But I wanted to I, I really wanted to, you know, know that that there's darkness, but I'm looking towards the light. I, I'm using a lot of words like feeling comes up a lot and I use love a lot, which I don't think there's, which, you know, obviously comes up in a lot of songs, but I don't think from where I've come from Radiohead, there's been a lot of love hasn't been used. And certainly my background, you know, come from Oxford, from the UK, we're pretty zipped up, you know. <laughs> That's why going to a place like Brazil is really important because it's like shedding skin. And that, that was another reason. It was like op the opening of my kind of one of my mantras like I want to get out of my head and into my heart that meaning that I want to I want to walk through life with a bigger heart more love and all those things and so that's what I was trying to bring into the music and I love I guess it comes more from a kind of lyrically from a more soul sort of that for me was gospel and soul mm. I love that music I love because again, that music is about darkness and coming into the light, right? And, and, and looking at the light and also a divinity to life. And so that's what, that's the, the kind of the language that I was using, I guess, is more in that kind of from, from there. It really was a special day. Mr. Uh, Ed O'Brien, Radiohead, again, his, uh, his new record uh, under the moniker EOB is absolutely worth checking out, as is the album from the band Muzz. Now, if you're not familiar with them, they're a new band but with three friends that have been around the block a time or two. Uh, one of those is Mr. Paul Banks. Of course, you do know him as the voice behind the band Interpol. He and I had caught up, uh, what was that, a year or two ago, whenever the last Interpol record, Marauder, uh, had come out. But uh, we got back on the line uh, for this, uh, this little side project right here to talk about it. And, and, and let me say, the first time before I ever got to talk with Paul... I was intimidated. You listen to Interpol's music, and it's 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 dark. You know, it's it's there is a brood to it, and and it's always nice when it comes to find out when you come to find out when you when you meet your heroes how personable they can be. And Paul Banks is, is an absolute joy to talk with, and never seems to mind going someplace uh, deep uh, within the conversation, uh, as we do here uh, within this one. Uh, Paul Banks talking about Muzz on this Best of 2020 episode. And here you are now, you know, with another trio. And I know, you know, the Interpol wasn't always a trio, and, and, and now it is. But is there something that works for you with three? I mean, three is the magic number, right? I guess they say that in bands. It does feel <laughs> it, it does feel like a good kind of number because you can't really get stalemates on issues. But I feel like it really just boils down to chemistry. You know, I think we, we are fortunate enough with the, our temperaments and our personalities and our experience to, I think, be very amenable collaborators and i think there's just no there's no tension there's no weird ego stuff it's all just kind of positive creative energy which is something that you know i think i'm i'm a little doing a little bit better of bringing that sort of energy to all my projects and including interpol um, but it's kind of a state of mind that i've arrived at over many years of collaborating and i feel like same with these guys like they've just we've all been here done that and it's kind of you know, an epiphany to me is sort of like the, the whole process can be joyful. And I feel like I've often been in a mode of sort of suffering and brooding for my work. 
not, I mean, not always, but it's just this was a very fun project for me. And I think it's kind of informing my other collaborations as well. Because it was written over such a long period of time, I, I would find it interesting that you would find a thread at all. But that you've talked about there have been musings on mental health. I think that was the phrase you used. That's really interesting to me because because that's coming up more and more in a lot of, of music and in, in a lot of songs, but also in the wider artistic conversation than I think has in the past. Uh, I know it's being talked a lot about it in, in interviews. Do you find that that's something that's actually being discussed more in the art, uh, the artist community itself? I don't know, depression or mood swings and, and art making kind of go hand in hand. So I feel like it's always been between the lines of almost every medium. There's some sort of uh, something that's not quite hunky dory going on. I think that's at the root of a lot of art. So I, I feel like among artists or in an artistic like context, I think it's always been present. I feel like it is kind of just a little bit more mainstream. And I kind of commend people that have been of late coming forward and talking about, you know, mental health issues and depression and volunteering that information about themselves. I, I think it's really commendable. There's a couple of athletes that I follow that have been really candid and a few, you know, musicians. And I think it's good because I do think mental health is still something that is it's, I wouldn't say that it's stigmatized like it used to be, but I think it's not entirely well understood. I think it's hard for people to grasp the idea of it being a, a condition like, you know, diabetes, for instance, or a disease. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think people coming coming forward and, and being very vocal about their own experience with depression, for instance, is, is helpful. Mr. Paul Banks there, and again, uh, that brand new record, uh, the band Muzz, that's what you're going to be searching for, Muzz. Now, moving right along, King Cruel. Uh, now, here's a mystery, man. Uh, British artists makes, I mean, you know, we were talking about brooding earlier with, with Paul Banks. This is more of a, a drone, mystery sound, dark, atmospheric, but absolutely fascinating uh, what he's doing, both uh, in his visual arts, music videos, short films, but but especially with his music. So um, this was one, uh, you know, at the beginning of it, I, I talked about how uh, the first time I talked with Stephen Malcolmus that he was on a speakerphone, and for whatever reason, it, it's just kind of hard to, it's harder, at least, to, to, to center around on that. So I was really happy when uh, when we finally did make the connection within this interview, uh, because uh, as you'll hear, there is a speakerphone involved. You, you've mentioned in the press release that, you know, half of the, or at least portions of this record does come before Parenthood and, and some afterwards. Can you hear a difference in the songs at that point if it was the writing process? And I, I guess I don't know that part of it. I guess, you know, if you, if anyone's life, you know, there's constant evolution and change and cadences of what goes on around you. I think I'm constantly changing, so I don't know, I think it's just natural that that happens. I'm a very uh, tonal and textural kind of person. I kind of sleep in that when I listen to music. And, you know, it just kind of became an instrument for me. And so... I mean, there's a few things on there, even beyond the Solange and Nina that I mentioned, like the Beatles, A Day in the Life is on that list. And I thought lyrically, like musically, I wouldn't have automatically, you know, put the two together with what you're doing on this record and that song. But I feel like lyrically, those two might be, you know, closely related uh, somehow. I listened to the Beatles probably like the first time properly in my life, like whilst I was making a record. And I'd always hated them because I grew up listening to punk music and I thought like, if you like the Beatles, there was something wrong with you. But now I kind of matured and realized that I really liked them. And uh, yeah, that's just the composition that I respect to it. It's interesting. I, I, usually a Beatles, yeah, I mean, not for everybody, but the Beatles is, um, 
a youth reference for a lot of people. You know, they get into the pop thing early, so it's talking to someone who comes at it later on. Uh, that's uh, yeah. I think everyone's open to have their own interpretation of stuff. The best of 2020 with Kyle Meredith with Sparks. This is the second time I got to talk with Sparks. The first time over the phone, uh, it was both Ron and Russell, but this time it was just a one-on-one with Russell as we talked about their uh, their new their new album, A Steady Drip, Drip, Drip. And they have a lot going on beyond that. There's a there's a film that they're working with with Adam Driver. I think there's a documentary that's uh, that's also in the works. And they're just some of the most creative writers, just some of the most the most creative writers, uh, songwriters of all time. Uh, jumping right into this one with Russell from uh, Sparks. Who are these people in the songs this time around? Or do they? Is there something that sets them apart from any of the folks you've um, you've written in the past? I guess are they in our world? Well, I mean, one of the knacks that Ron has about his lyric writing is that you know he's able to take mundane situations and maybe even mundane characters and kind of elevate them to a to another sort of level and 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 when you treat the some of these subjects that are kind of more potentially mundane and you treat them in a song and kind of make them overly elaborate about how you're talking about them it 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 brings it to a to a different kind of level and stuff and i think that's a real a real knack to be able to do that and there's a song on the new album that's called lawnmower and so it's about a guy's passion for his lawnmower and he goes into such detail about this situation with with the guy and and so it it's it's a mundane situation but but it becomes something bigger when you treat it with the melodic kind of content content that that song has and and also with kind of the detail and pre- precision of the lyrics that are accompanying it and so we kind of like doing that in Ron especially where you you have subjects that that and themes maybe in songs that are kind of sometimes even maybe a traditional theme but done in a way that's non-traditional and talking about you know a relationship which has kind of been done billions of times in pop music lyrics but to find new ways of how you you treat talking about a relationship and that that i think is a real knack again there's so much fun to listen to and you get that on there and you know i think a lot of the same things can be said about iphone i mean that's the one i keep repeating that song by the way iphone that's the one i keep hitting play on over and over and over it's um another maybe it's the word fuck you know you guys use it well (laughs) i think now that i'm thinking about it (laughs) well uh, that that song uh iphone is you know we we don't like to gratuitously just throw in swear words because it's kind of cheap to 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 be able to do do that and it and but in the case of iphone where it's saying put your fucking iphone down and listen to me it seems like it's such a colloquial way of saying that sentiment that you had to use that word because we toyed at saying you know like would you kindly uh set down your mm-hmm. iphone and listen to me or and it didn't have the same kind of resonance that put your fucking iPhone down and, and listen to me. So, it, and this song also, it's kind of, you know, it's just suggesting about communications amongst people, how it's, you know, kind of maybe we don't talk to each other as much as we do. We we have in the past in a, in a more metaphorical way. We don't communicate with each other. And it, it kind of uses the iPhone as sort of a metaphor, but it, it also 
cites during the song about Adam and Eve and their kind of communications issues and then uh, Abraham Lincoln and his uh, communications issues as mm-hmm. well and 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 so it it's it's um uses the iPhone but kind of speaks also about different specifics throughout uh, throughout history best of 2020 Kyle Meredith here we'll wrap it up with Mr. Buzz Osborne Outside of the Melvins, he uh, regularly goes by King Buzzo, and under that moniker released the album Gift of Sacrifice. I had never spoken with Buzz before. Again, this was someone, I got to tell you beforehand, I'm thinking, uh, how does this work? How, how does he interview? You know, you get that little intimidation. Uh, Buzz, uh, you look at pictures, he's not smiling very often, although you look at other pictures and he is playing golf, and that's that's a weird little, little contradiction, I guess, that you don't expect. But people have many layers, and that's what you get with Buzz Osborne, too. You know, he says things, he's very opinionated, he doesn't mind uh, going places and, and speaking his mind, whatever that means, uh, just being honest. And, and sometimes those opinions, they, they conflict with uh, with some of his fans or some of his not fans, and and that's led to some interesting points throughout his career. We do address some of that in here as well, but I've got to tell you, he's one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. The man is a very, very intelligent person, and he's exactly the kind of artist that you're hoping for on the other side of a line. And this, honestly, it, this is one of those interviews where whatever you have planned on paper beforehand, uh, sometimes you just got to let go and go where the interview goes because it's going to take some interesting turns, and we had lots of those through this one. Here's Buzz Osborne talking about Gift of Sacrifices and so much more. <laughs> well, you've already won. You're still here. You're still doing this. You're still yeah. putting out interesting, relevant music. So you win automatically. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. But we've operated like, especially me, I've operated like I would like it other bands to operate if I was a fan of that band. You know, how I would like to see someone else operate is how we operate. That's it. What I would appreciate musically, fan-wise, or uh, musically, uh, how they do stuff live or whatever, I would appreciate. I try to figure out what that is and incorporate that into what we're doing. You know, because we're essentially music is art. And we, we, as artists, want to contribute something to society that normal people don't get in their everyday lives. I want to give them something they don't normally get. And that's my entire job. And I'm up for that challenge. I will try to do that as best as I can. I'm imagining the vast majority of people out there don't listen to anything remotely like us. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm offering an alternative to what is normal out there. And I'm writing it in a way that I think is good. Not that I think they will like, but that I think I will like. And if I like it, I figure that other people will like it as well. There's no right or wrong way to do this, you know. An open tuning, I wish someone would have showed me that from the beginning. It would have saved me a lot of trouble. You know, the Stones do it. They're in the business. Richie Haven's <laughs> the king of it right there. When I watch him, right? it's just mind-blowing. Like, I, I do the same thing. Why didn't I learn that? Yeah, it's fine. But, you know, I mean, if you want to play like something, you should play like that. You don't have to, oh, you have to learn the basics, you know, Segovia or whoever. Fuck all that, you know. If that's what you want to play, then learn that. If you want to play some other kind of lead, screaming lead guitar, listen to the guys in Slayer. Don't bother learning a bunch of muddy water stuff. You know, there's no point. <laughs> you know, it's music. It's not ultimately important beyond that. You know, we do this as an extra thing in our life. And we are afforded that luxury. And music speaks to us in the most primal way, right in the middle of our hearts. And it always has since the dawn of time. What makes music cool? I don't know, but it's in my blood, you know? (laughs) 
pardon the cliche, but I've always felt that's why the the line "It's only rock and roll" is such a powerful line because at one side it dismisses it from being too serious, but on the other side it says everything about its importance. But I like it. <laughs> and see, that's just a taste of it right there. But it's also a perfect sentiment to uh, to end this trip on uh, part one, episode one of the best of 2020. Uh, I can't thank uh, you enough for listening to this whole thing. I especially, obviously, want to thank the artists that were a part of this too. Buzz Osborne there, as well as Steve Amalcomus, Ed O'Brien, Paul Banks, King Cruel, and Sparks. And again, we'll be doing this uh, once a week, all month long uh, for December. You're going to get four best of episodes. Uh, I think about six artists, 24 all together, laying out the math for you. So uh, if you're not already, hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of them that we're putting out here. And then beyond, when we get back to the uh, the regularly scheduled program uh, come January. Again, find us at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. And, uh, and regularly, there will be three interviews put out every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday again, so you can keep up with all of your favorite artists and what they're up to. And then after that, I implore you to head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All three of them, at Kyle Meredith. Please do like and follow along there as well. And that does it for another edition. Kyle Meredith, I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen, and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd, because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not, no other reasons at all. None at all. Whatever. So every, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.